So I, I want to talk to you tonight uh, about a thought. Everything you see, every good thing that you see, every bad thing that you see started with a thought. God's creation, when God created everything, he started with a thought, his thought. I'm going to create the universe, and he did create the universe. And so our problems today is dealing with those thoughts that the devil places in our mind, or sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just our own carnality where we haven't prayed or we haven't uh, sought God like we should or read his word. We just get lukewarm, and we have our own thoughts. But I want to tell you, God is here to help us control our thoughts because Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I'm going to try to explain something to you. I hope I can get it across to you. A thought is not thinking. Thinking is when you dwell on a thought and continue to think about that and whether it has any hold in your life or not. I hope I made myself clear. Uh, we're living today in the last days, and I believe it with all my heart. I've, I've seen this world change since I've given my heart to Christ in 1960. I see it change every day. We are living in perilous and troublesome times, whether we believe it or not. The church is not growing. The church, I'm talking about in general everywhere, the church is falling away because the Bible said that it would fall away. In the last days, men would leave God. They'd go on their own way. But it all starts with a thought. And that's what I want to try to get across to you tonight. Uh, I've seen good men. I've seen good women fall from God. And I, I, sometimes we ask ourselves, why? How did that happen? I mean, over the years, you've seen where ministers have fallen, people have fallen from God, and how did it start? How, what happened? I'll tell you, they didn't check a thought. They didn't bring that thought under subjection. They started thinking in, on their thought, and therefore they end up being in that position with God. Can you say Amen. I've seen great men fall, and so have you. They didn't fall because they were great. You say some did, they may have. But I've seen some not so great fall also. So there's a reason why men fall today, and the Bible tells us. Everybody has their ups and downs. Amen? Sometimes you're doing okay, and then sometimes things come in your life, and the devil sees that opportunity, or your flesh sees that opportunity to put that thought in your mind. But the fear of falling is not only the reason we should regard our thoughts. Another reason is that we should live to please our God, our Father. Because as he said... He knows what we think. Can you say amen to it? Uh, he not only sees our actions. He knows everything you do. Come on. He, know, he, he knows every word you say, and he knows every thought you say uh, that you have. Jesus said to the scribes, which were criticizing Christ because his disciples did not wash their hands before eating. 
Now, that was a tradition that was not a law of God. And sometimes we let our traditions get in the way of what God wants in our life. Matthew 15, 8 through 20 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed us evil thoughts. First thing he mentioned, thoughts. Evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornication, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile not a man. I'm glad of that. Of course, I'm a little bit of Pharisee. I wash my hands before I eat. I'm a clean bug, amen? I, you, just, you just have to be around me. Uh, if you ain't clean, don't invite me to your house, okay? <laughs> just call me on the telephone. Paul, Paul tells us to place our thoughts on good things. In Philippians 4 and 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that's what we thought about all the time? Instead of how somebody did in the Sunday school class, and ain't nobody told me anything about somebody doing something in the Sunday school class. Now I'm just using it for uh, as, a, as an excuse. You know, sometimes when you preach, people think somebody's come and told you a lot of things, but they haven't. Jesus speaks of evil thoughts proceeding from the heart of men that defile a man. Solomon tells us that as we think in our heart, so are we. Jesus also said the same thing. Paul tells us to focus our thoughts on whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report, and if there be any virtue in it, if there be any praise in it, think on these things. What have you been thinking about today? Think about it. I want you to think. What have you been thinking about today? Uh, we may not be able to stop the thoughts coming in our mind, but we don't have to let it go into the place where we're thinking about it all the time. That's what the devil loves to do. He loves it. As one man said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from roosting in your hair. Come on. And sometimes these thoughts are going to come our way, but we don't need to let them roost in our heart and in our mind because a lot of times they bring death to us and they're detrimental to us. The battlefield of our soul is our mind. Listen to what Romans 7, and 23 says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind to bring me into captivity to the law of sin, which is my members. This is why Paul instructs us to use the weapons of our warfare that we have in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God pulling down the strongholds. See, when you, you get to thinking on something bad or thinking something bad about somebody, it becomes, if you keep doing it, it becomes a stronghold in your life. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, pulling down the stronghold, casting down imaginations. 
and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can you say amen? I wrote amen twice out here. <laughs> Casting down your imagination. How many times you've thought about what people may be doing or you think they're doing and your imagination just begins to run away with you and you watch them all the time. Come on. See what they're doing. Finding fault. That's just what he's talking about. Cast down your imagination. Amen. Give it over to God. This is the reason we should flood our minds with the word of God. I made up my mind last year that I would not watch a ball game. I didn't. I hadn't watched television in about six months. Now, I ain't saying that bragging. I'm just saying I saw the need in my life. My granddaughter was at the house the other day, and my wife said I was over in, the, in my room reading my Bible, and my, my wife, my, my granddaughter asked my wife, said, what's Papa doing? So why ain't he watching television with us? She said, well, he hadn't watched television in a long time. Hadn't watched television in a long time. I tell you, all of us would do good if we'd cut it off sometimes. It's robbed us of many a blessings of God. It's got our minds on politics. Did you know you're not of this world? Amen. Amen. This world's going to be what it's going to be. We're looking for another city, a city built by God, hallelujah, where there's no peace, there will be no sin and no problems. Hallelujah. If you ain't careful with what you think, you may not make it. We need to spend time in prayer. And how about thinking on the positive and the good things that comes into your life? Romans 12, 1 and 2, So I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your wonderful service. No, it didn't say that, did it? Which is your reasonable service. There's a difference the way we look at things sometimes. You're and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that, what? That, that it is good, an acceptable, perfect will of God for our lives. It's been said, and it's true, what you eat is what you become. But it's just our bodies that way. Amen? We get more concerned about our bodies sometimes than we do our soul and our spirit. We become the... What we hear and see, we think. I want to talk to you about a man one day that had a thought, just a thought. thought that, a thought that he thought was a good thought. How many of you ever thought you had a good thought and found out it wasn't a good thought? But huh? well, that's what this man did. Eventually, oh, it led to his death and the death of his family. Now, I want you to, I want, I'm emphasizing this thought. It's found in 1 Kings 21, 
1 through 4. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard to the palace of Ahab, king of, of uh, Samaria. In other words, it was next door to his house. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. That didn't sound like too bad a deal, did it? Hmm? I'm going to tell you, the devil sometimes makes, makes a deal sound real good. But listen to what Naboth said to Ahab, the king. A good man's answer. He said, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Who forbade it? The Lord. Everything we think is good sometimes. And I want to tell you, Ahab thought this was real good, man. He didn't have to go. You know, I got to thinking about it. He didn't work in no garden. Think about it. He walked by one day and he saw this vineyard and he probably thought, well, it'd be a good place for my servants. This is the king of Israel. Everything that a man could want is already in his hands and he wants a little small vineyard close to his palace. And so much that he said, I'll pay you for it. I'll give you a better vineyard. God forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased. Sound like church members sometimes. Because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken unto him, for he said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid down upon his bed and turned away his face and would not eat. A thought. A thought has brought him to the place where he's laying on his bed pouting. The king of Israel that has anything and everything that he will ever possibly need. But he had a thought. And he thought it was a good thought. And when he got refused from it, then he act like six-month or six-year-old baby. One hand got laid down. Now, on the surface, when you look at this, there's nothing wrong with the idea that he wanted it. Ahab logically thought it out. Naboth uh, had a vineyard, and it was right close to his house. Now, since this vineyard was as close to his house, surely Naboth would sell it to him or swap him something for it. It seemed innocent enough, didn't it? I'm going to tell you, like a lot of your thoughts sometimes, they seem very innocent. But when you carry them through, it brings destruction into your life. Ahab had broken the tenth commandment of God when he approached him and desired that. Thou shalt not desire thy neighbor's wife, 
husband, neither shall thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his men's servant, or his maid servants, or his ox, or anything that is thy neighbor's. Did he break the law? Now, if he just walked on and said, well, there's a thought, been different. But no, he went and pouted about it. He got in bed. He didn't get his way. Whew. I'm on page nine. I ain't got but 20-something. three things that come out of this illegitimate and lustful thought of Ahab. It became an obsession that he justified, but he could not conquer. It involved others to do wrong. I'll tell you about it. And it brought death to all involved. Our wrongful desires is going to lead to things like this. When Naboth refused Ahab's vineyard, he came into his house, as I said, heavily displeased. He laid on his bed. He turned his face to the wall. He wouldn't eat. After all, he said, I'm a king. I'm the king. I'm going to tell you, there ain't but one king. His name is Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, by owning everything he could possibly to ever take care of and see, all of a sudden the only thing mattered to him was the vineyard, a small little old piece of thing. Let me tell you, I've been pastoring a long time, and I've seen it. Hello. Usually works in the music. If he can't get in there, he'll get in a Sunday school class. Hello. Oh, I'm getting a lot of amens. <laughs> I thought they ought to do it this way. How many of you are guilty of that? I got my hand up. Looked to me like we just, we wouldn't do it this way, we'd do it that way. That was just a thought. You just had a thought, all you had. But if you ain't careful, it'll be what you're thinking on all the time. That'd be what you're dwelling on all the time. Next thing you know, you got problems that you never would have had if you'd left that thought alone. Come on, say amen to me. I've seen it on my job where I've worked, different places. I've seen family situations where people did the same thing. I've seen it happen in churches, really in churches. We're all Christians, aren't we? We're supposed to be merciful, aren't we? We're supposed to love everybody, aren't we? Huh? I want to tell you sometimes that thought will get that love out of your heart. You need to really to believe God. When you possess the wrong thought long enough, it will possess you. Can we say that again? When you possess the wrong thought long enough, it won't be long that it will possess you. You won't possess it, it'll possess you. This is what happened to Ahab. Another thing came out of this lustful thought was a transgression he never intended to get out of hand. But the more we justify our wrong, the worse it becomes. 
when we become possessed with a thought or an idea that we know is wrong, we always begin to justify it ourselves. Ahab spake to Nabal, give me this vineyard that I may have a garden of herbs because it is near my house, justification one, and I will give thee a better vineyard, justification two. If it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Isn't it amazing how our ideals always are good? I don't care who we are. If it's our ideal, it's a good ideal. It's near my palace. I'll give you one that's better. I'll pay you money. I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's like dealing with the devil. That's just exactly the way he does us. Come on. He's always going to take something from you that you love and give you something better, but it always ends up being something worse in our life when we deal with him. You can't deal with the devil. Oh, it sounded good. It's, it's amazing that we can just justify our wants and desires in our mind even when we know that they're in direct conflict with the Word of God. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, one short verse, 5 and 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Not evil, not just evil, but the appearance of evil. In other words, stay away from it. If it appears to be evil, leave it alone. It's equal amazing to how we let our sins get near our house. Come on. Ooh. It's near my house. It's affecting me. It's affecting my family. It's near our church. I want us to just look briefly here how far this lustful thought took Ahab. Sin always carries us further than we think it'll carry us. Here he is. He's in there pouting. Laying on the bed. Don't want anything to eat because he can't have a vineyard he wants. Boy, I could preach right here right now, but it might not do too much good. A lot of the time we think this is what we want and we, it, we deserve it. I tell you the only thing we deserve is hell. But thanks to Jesus Christ, amen, we won't go there. Praise God. 1 Kings 21, 5 through 10 said, But Jezebel, by the way, there's always a Jezebel around to help you out, to get you in trouble, could be your wife, or could be your husband, could be your friend, could be your preacher, could be anything. But Jezebel's wife came to him and said, Why is thy spirit so sad thy, that thou eatest not no bread? And he said to her, Because I spake to Naboth the Jezreelite, and said, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else I will, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel's wife said to him, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Rise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. And I will give thee 
the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, sent the letters unto the elders of the, and the nobles of that city dwelling, or, uh, dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letter saying, Proclaim a fast. Let Naboth on, uh, set Naboth on high among the people and set, set two men, sons of Belial, that's the false god, before him to uh, bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. That's what happened. I wonder how many people we've killed spiritually sometimes when we want our way about things. Hello? Oh, I didn't do it. Jezebel did it. Really? Everything she did was illegal. And every illegal thought can come by with illegal action. It's the only way you can get it through. Her idea required breaking three of God's commandments. The ninth, uh, the ninth commandment, she broke it. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. She broke that one. Number six, thou shalt not kill. She broke that one. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. They broke that one. The third and final thing that came out of Abel's sinful thought was this. There is something about the forbidden fruit that it never is to be enjoyed. Think about Adam. Listen to what happened when Ahab went down to possess it. 1 Kings 21, 17 through 20. And the word of the Lord came unto Elijah the Tishbite, saying... Rise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, in the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood up, even thine. And Ahab said unto Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he said, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. It'll catch up with you. You may get through it. You may do what you want to do. But I can tell you this, if it's wrong, you're not going to enjoy it. And it wasn't but a little bit later when they... Ahab went out to war and it got going against him and he started running like all cards runs. He got an arrow between his leg, I mean, in his back bones. And they, where they took him and he died was where Naboth died. Getting our way ain't always the best thing. James 1, 14 and 16, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James said, Do not err, my beloved brethren. I want to tell you something. Temptation is not sin. We're all tempted. 
But letting it dwell in our heart will bring us to sin. I know what some of you may be thinking. Well, Ahab was an evil king. Really. He really was. But I can tell you about another king who was a man after God's own heart. And he wasn't where he's supposed to be in. Because Israel was at war and David stayed home. Sometimes these things happen when we're in the wrong place. We're not where God wants us to be. And he was, got up on the rooftop and looking around. And he looked and he saw Bathsheba bathing. Now, whose fault was it? Both. But let me tell you something. All David had to do was walk back down into his palace and quit thinking about it. But he kept thinking about it. I I don't really have time to go through all of it. He was a man after God's own heart. I know all these things. But let me tell you something else. I don't care how spiritual you are. You let the wrong thoughts stay in your mind, it's going to bring you down. We've got to have clean thoughts in our heart. He had a sinful thought. It led him to adultery, murder, the death of the baby that was born to him, the temporary loss of his kingdom. He had to run from his life for his life because his own son rebelled against him. And that son ended up dead also. How did all that start? It started with a thought. A thought. You may be here today dwelling on something, thinking about it all the time. Get it out of your life. Turn things over to God. That's what David should have done. The Bible says when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Didn't bring forth David's death, but look at the misery of his family and all that he lost. It all began with a thought. It could be a thought of covenants like Ahab. It could be a thought of lust. There's a hundred things that we could talk about. Our pride, our self-esteem. I'm going to get an amen on this one. This is my last page. I'm going to read it to you again, what Paul said to the Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We all are guilty of thinking the wrong thing. We all have let things come in our heart and our mind It may be because of personal feelings we have against somebody. It may be a hundred different reasons. 
But I'm going to tell you, think on the good things of God. Remember that it starts with a thought, a selfish, devilish thought, a thought that is justified in our minds, a thought that is always hurts the innocent. Think about the innocent that got hurt. But God is a forgiving God. The best thing I can say to you today, correct your thoughts before God corrects them. Because I want to tell you something. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Stand with me if you will. I don't think I, I probably preached 35 minutes. That's pretty close. Was it for it? Who was timing me? A thought. A simple thought. You know where it's good or bad. Because God's in you. Let's I'm not going to ask you to come down here. I'm not going to ask you to get up here and confess and all like that. But I'm going to ask while they sing where you are. I want you to think in your heart, is there anything that you hold in grudge against somebody? You got a bad thought in your heart about anybody? I tell you, I, I love everybody. I really do. Do I agree with everybody? No. Do you agree with everybody? No. But he tells us to love everybody. And that's most of my prayer life. I'm asking God to help me to do those things that pleases him. And one of those things is not only we love our neighbor, not only do we love our brother, but we love our enemies. That's where most of our bad thoughts come in. So while they sing, if you got anything, I just want you to bow your head and I want us to pray. And ask God to help us. In Jesus' name, go ahead.